Welcome, everybody, to an episode of The Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here with my co-host, Jordan. And today we are covering the first part of the final season of Avatar Last Airbender. Um, and don't worry, this is not one of those Attack on Titan situations where it's like final season, but then there's like part one, part two, part three A, part three B. And, that was terrible. Oh, my God. It's still going, dude. And, oh, is there like last, we're waiting for one more part, right? Yeah, I, I don't even. I stopped caring. I just read the uh, manga and then I moved on. And I legit don't care anymore. Like <laughs> I, I'll, I'll watch it when it's done, and that's it. I don't care much, much more beyond that. Um, like it's a great show. I love the story. I really do. It's one of my favorite animes. But I'm not gonna be strung along like this. It's. It ain't that good. Right. Um, but yeah. But you know what is that good? Is Avatar Last Airbender. Um, so, man, this... I, I, I do think that as I'm rewatching this and you know, I'm looking at it from a podcast perspective, I do firmly believe that every season was consecutively better than the last. Um. Season yeah, I mean, two really just was I I don't know season two really up the ante and season three up the ante again and we're only even talking about the first part. Um, but it was uh, I don't know the, you could feel the show almost go up in an age bracket in this season. Like, turn the serious dial up. Yeah, it definitely felt like, oh, this just got way more, uh, you know. Before, if it was, like, you know, for early teens, you know, kids like 10, 11, 12-year-olds. But the, by season three, I'd say it's closer to, like, late teens. In terms mm-hmm. of theme, in terms of, like, depth. Uh, I mean, I, I still think that, you know, younger kids can definitely enjoy it, but I don't think that they would draw from it as much as uh older kids and and, and you know what's yeah, funny is that even with that i think even as a late teen you won't draw on it as much as you know you would in your 20s and late 20s and whatnot because mm-hmm. you know, like i said i've rewatched the show several times across a different like age like demographics of my life and i'm feeling the depth of it even more in my late twenties now. So Yeah. Um but deeper understanding. Yeah. Uh so what do you think of this section, this season three part one? No, I mean it was really good. I mean like you said it kind of turned it up a notch and then the action got better and you start to see a lot of characters Like the character stories, each storyline kind of come to fruition and meet, starting to like meet up. Yeah, I think I said that correctly. So it's it's cool that they're like all coming back together. Yeah, all the people that they've met, which right. is actually pretty reminiscent of a lot of shows of that age, where if there was an episodic adventure episode or a TV show, mm-hmm. you would kind of meet different people and then go on this adventure. Then on the final battle they would bring in all the people, all the friends and allies that they've made along the way, which mm-hmm. 
So that's that's jet. Yeah. For some reason, he's not there. Uh, no idea why. Uh, but um, I just I don't know this this first part of the season. Okay, so you already start off with the fall of Bossing Say looming over their heads, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's very Fair. reminiscent. Yeah, the fail the the failure that Ang feels right again. Right, he was. He was not there for his people when they were destroyed by the genocide. Right? Right. So he was not there for that. And then he was there for the uh, the Northern Water Tribe. Fine. He was there for that. But even then, it cost the moon its life and it had to be revived by the life of Princess Yue. So he kind of failed there in a way. It just happened to work kind itself of somebody out. Somebody died. It's like, right. it's whatever. Uh, and then again, Bossing Se falls. And Bossing Se is the last, like, like refuge i mean it is a refuge right like these uh like we saw at the beginning of the episode uh that was the very first episode of season three when they were kind of recounting the events where bossing say fell you could see hope you know hope the little baby yeah. her family um they just ran away from the fire nation and bossing say falls like a week after to the fire nation to the fire nation yeah so that's not great and yeah it's just I don't know, like the, you could feel the hopelessness in everyone there. But I, I, there's one thing I want to talk about. Um, you know, the day of Black Sun, that final battle, you know, where they attacked the mm-hmm. Fire Nation capital and whatnot. That battle was originally supposed to take place between Bossing Se and the Fire Nation, right? And then, but then, you know, Bossing Se fell and then all the generals were captured, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it is kind of very impressive. The, offensive that Saka put together in such a short time with this ragtag group. Like obviously Bossing says, you know, attack force would have been a, a traditional navy, ground forces, blah blah blah, just attack. And I would military. say yeah, and I would say for uh, pound for pound, I don't think it would have been as effective as Saka's ragtag, you know, more of a sneaky evolutionary tactics, new technology, you know, the usage of submarines and whatnot, they would have just came in like a, like a battering ram knocking Mm -hmm. at the capital's gates. Whereas this, they kind of like, you know, they went through. So's the gates of Azulon and, you know, uh, destroyed it, destroyed the entrance of like the, the, the porthole things with torpedoes and then entered in that way. Yeah. So stuff like that is just like, I'm not saying that it, I don't think it would have made much of a difference, um, but mm-hmm. I did think that this was way cooler to see a much more creative. Um, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> a much more creative offensive, because yeah. when you're fighting somebody that's just like so much better than you, you can't hit him might for head might. On. Yeah, there's no head on. There's no bulls. <coughs> ah, excuse me. Yeah, you can't hit him like that. You need to use um, surprise tactics. You need to use something that he's never seen before, such as something like submarines, such as the little, like, the mobile tank things that they had, basically, right? Which were pushed by the Earthbenders, right? Yeah, the <coughs> mobile tanks. Those were goofy looking. They they were, they were, but they were really cool, too. Um, because it, it just protected all the, you know, the melee soldiers on the inside and whatnot. I will say that I think the show was held back by the fact that it had a rated T for teen rating, essentially, because 
um, Sokka never really kills anyone. He kind of just like knocks them down, and it's just like, okay, so you <laughs> am I supposed to believe that this Fire Nation soldier got knocked on his back and he's just out of the fight? Like, come on. Um, so that's <clears throat> which that has been. I mean, what would what would be the rated R version of Avatar? Is he gonna Aang gonna start bloodbending? No, the rated R version would have just been Sokka like straight up starts beheading some soldiers during the fight, like stabbing them and whatnot. Oh my god! I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, be I just think it's it's been prevalent from the show from the get go that like you know they don't really overtly kill anyone, but it does look a little goofy when it's a melee battle, like you know, sword or hand to hand battle, and it's just like Sokka's dad just throws a spear sideways and it knocks some people over and. Yeah, they're, so, out, they're done. I get out of the it. fight. My wife just said to me, "Oh, it's a children's show." It's like, yeah, I mean, I get it, but I'm just saying that it, uh, if I'm supposed to critique it, that is a critique, um, which does not. It's not as I don't know. It it does get a little darker when it comes to Legend of Korra, which I'm very excited to get to. But, anyways. Uh, um. I did watch some YouTube videos about Legend of Korra. It looks, it looks nice. It looks neat. I mean, I would say half of it is neat. The other half is rushed. But you know, we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, so one thing I did also want to talk about is that Fire Nation has suppressed its own people from dancing and music and actual culture. And I think the reason for this is when you are at the war with the world. You need to really consolidate your entire people into one cause. And that war and that cause for the Fire Nation was we must destroy the world and we must conquer the world. And all efforts that way. Yeah. Yeah. Everything and anything that's not contributing to the war effort is just pointless. Um, And so we see that with the Fire Nation where like they don't even allow dancing and singing and music and whatnot within its own people. So. Right. That can't be sustainable, but somehow it has been for 100 years. Um, yeah, that's very suppressive. Yeah. And, okay, so there is one thing, and I, I kind of noticed it, I think subconsciously in the past, but I did want to bring up. So the episode where we go into uh, the backstory between Fire Lord Sozin and Avatar Roku. Avatar Ooh, that episode is so good. I love that episode so much. I, I, that's low-key one of my favorite episodes in the entire series. I just, I love it so much. Um, <clears throat> So, General Iroh said, or Uncle Iroh said that um, Zuko, his great-grandfather on his father's side is Fire Lord Sozin, which we knew that. But his great-grandfather on his mother's side is Avatar Roku. Which is like... That should be like a turning point for that child. And it turns out it is. But it's so <laughs> I don't it, it was it was such a slap in the face. And um you know it <clears throat> I did like the episode a lot too because it just shows that, you know, um Toff's the way she what she gleaned from that lesson was that oh all firebenders are just evil. And Aang's like, no, that's that's not the lesson. And I also love the concept of friendships are so strong that they can transcend lifetimes. That was a beautiful quote for me. Um, but the other thing that I noticed that I was referring to earlier was that, do you remember in when they were in Bossing Say and Zuko kind of had like that 
um, emotional like turmoil. And in his Breakdown dream, almost. yeah, and in his dream, yeah. he saw um, his uncle Iroh as a red dragon, and he saw Azula as a blue dragon. That was cool. That okay, was so but have I you... want to have a dream like that. <laughs> um, am I the red dragon or blue dragon? Oh no, there's different dragons. There's all kinds. There's a green the, dragon. The green dragon. All right, cool. <laughs> so I don't know if you noticed, but um, Fire Lord Sozin's dragon was a blue dragon. And Avatar Roku's mm-hmm. dragon was a red dragon. So there's there is that comparison there that Azula was that comes from the Fire Lord Sozin's line of thinking, right? The blue dragon right. evil represents evil. And then you have Red Dragon, which is Avatar Roku's, which also was Uncle Iroh's voice and Uncle Iroh's voice. So yeah, it was it was just a neat little detail. I don't know if they did it intentionally, but I'm willing to bet that they probably did. Um I would assume so. I mean, they it was like foreshadowing, and if you could kind of put it together later yeah. on, eventually. One of the things that this show does really well, really, really well, is actually not actually romanticized war. The um, anime in general has this weird thing where they a lot of them actually a lot of the themes are you know the war is bad, war is evil, war is corrupt, blah blah blah. But then they kind of glorify it at the same time. So it's like, uh, like heavenly warriors like come to fight like just amazing powers and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just like you you you're gonna tell me that war is bad, which I believe that you do believe that, but then you know, you're gonna turn around and show me how it's also kind of cool. Which after the last Everender does show cool battles, but it does I think more so heavy uh it does heavily illustrate how much war is just hell. I mean, it, now we're seeing it from the perspective of the Fire Nation, right? That one village that was polluted by the industry, like the industrial right. uh, plant. Like, that's a Fire Nation village. Polluting the water. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Sokka talking about how he can't remember his mother's face. Well, you know, what's funny is that he actually looks just like his mom. So every time he looks right. in the mirror, every time he looks in the river or the water and he sees his own reflection, he's actually seeing his mom, but he doesn't even realize it. Like the this war has stolen from him his mother and he doesn't even remember her face and he doesn't realize he sees her face every time he looks into a mirror. And that's that's a crazy realization. Oh, God, it's it, it's tragically beautiful. Um, Another one is Hama. that sounds so terrible that sounds so terrible tragically beautiful that is yeah. awful <laughs> it is it is awful uh, <clears throat> another one another example that i can give is hama the uh southern waterbender right who invented bloodbending mm-hmm. okay so she was a prisoner of war held against her will and she had to break out and she she's a product of her own horrifying horrifying experiences right and she's now evil right like now she's taking out her anger and her grief on innocent citizens people this um this is also another example of how just war is held like now she's taking out her ptsd her her trauma on innocent people kids even right like right the majority of the people that she kidnapped weren't even alive when she was taken prisoner Right. It's, so, it's not, it's not, what is it, like, it's uh, the sins of my father or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, I mean, oh, dude, I, I, I love how well this show just illustrates themes. But getting away from the themes a bit, that to talk about the actual battles um, towards the end there, uh, the Day of Black Sun, by the way, fantastic episode name, Day of Black Sun. I mean, it's just, it's cool. And one it thing just it, sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing I realized, Azula mm-hmm. as an airbender would have been an absolute menace because she is already has like Aang's level of acrobatics, but despite mm-hmm. not being an airbender, could you imagine if she was an airbender and had like just her, you know, the level of acrobatics that we sh- see that she has now, she would be like a menace, complete menace. What would you rather her be an airbender? I mean, I would, it might calm her down and maybe she not be so evil, but then we wouldn't have one of the coolest uh, teenage villains I've ever seen. Yeah, that's probably true. But yeah, probably so true. Azula as an airbender would have been really cool. And now I'm trying to think about, you know, personality-wise or maybe even movement-wise, if we had a particular bender as a different bender, how cool would that be? Or like how powerful would they be? Or just how creative would they be? And that's that's literally Iroh as an earthbender would be kind of nasty. Like he he just seems he's already a like a brick, right? Like he he's an old man, Mm -hmm. but he's he's strong willed. And I think that would be kind of kind of crazy. Uh, Ty Lee, she's not a bender at all, but her as a water bender her as honestly any kind of bender Seems kind of insane. Um, it would have to be an airbender because she likes to twirl. She yeah, she's got the great acrobatics for that too. But I mean, you know, we've seen firebending in the hands of both. Zuko's not as much of an acrobatic as Azula, but he, he still definitely is. So, but, um, you know, in the hands of, I think acrobatics just kind of benefits every type of bending. Bending, um, yeah. I don't know if it would benefit water bending so much because water bending you have to be constantly actually using it. Like you have to be constantly bending, mm-hmm. so you can't be. Whereas fire, you know, you could be like mid flip, fire out something, then continue the flip. Whereas with water bending, you can't be like mid flip constantly. Yeah, with it. Yeah, so I feel like your movements are limited on what you can do because you have to be constantly controlling the water. That's just. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, the <laughs> I was just thinking this when I was looking at like the map, the layout of the Fire Nation capital, right? Uh, mm-hmm. the entire city and just like invading the Fire Nation itself is it seems impossible <laughs> because not, even after you get past the gates of Azulon, as soon as you get into the harbor, the harbor is completely surrounded by a bunch of battlements. Then you enter into like this choke point again, Did surrounded you just by live battlements. On the map? No, no, no. I, I'm referencing the map off of memory, and it's like you got all these battlements, and then you're going through these choke points again, surrounded by battlements. Then you get past that gate, and now you're going through this crisscrossing upward, upwards, up a what seems to be a dormant volcano, by the way. And then down this into the city. Terrible. Yeah, it's like, dude, it, invading this. It, it seems like invading Taiwan, by the way. Um, I wonder <laughs> if that's what it was based off of. Because I don't know if you know, but Taiwan is basically surrounded on all sides by mountains, except the one side facing China. And that side is just beaches. So 
a lot of people have theorized that if Taiwan ever gets invaded by China, it's just going to be a murder field on the beaches because, you know, they can only invade from one way. Um, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Uh, another thing for the last thing I think I'll touch on because there's not a whole lot to really talk about here. Oh, uh, before I go on, um, the combustion man. That was so oh, cool. The third, the third eye fellow. Yeah, he was cool. He was so cool. He was neat. It was, was just a different spin on it. Yeah. And I do think it was really uh, cool how the gang has now become so well synergized that whenever they get attacked, Toph instantly like kind of put him on the defensive so he couldn't fire like at free will. Then Katara fired up the water to stop it and Aang also like it was it was just cool. Uh, you know, I never noticed that, but you're right. They do seem more insane. Yeah. And they're just overall becoming stronger and stronger benders. I mean, Toph was already like probably the greatest earthbender in the world when they found her, or one of the greatest earthbenders in the world when they found her. Now it's even like more so, especially more. since the <laughs> yeah, especially since the invented earthbending or metal bending. I mean, um, so she actually invented it. It was never invented before that. Yeah, yeah. So and it's not they're not bending the metal. She's she's bending the uh, the earth inside the metal. Right, there's still yes. earth particles inside the metal, so right. she's just right. bending right. that, which I think is it's really That's cool sick. because you can see this she's not actually able to like pick up like kick up metal and then throw it because there's not enough earth in there for that her to do that. So I think right. that that's really cool. Um but yeah, last thing I wanted to touch on, which I thought you might actually enjoy this. Do you remember when they're like starting the seat the the day of black sun they're starting the assault yes. and you mm-hmm. can see Sokka kind of in the like the tank or in the sorry in the um the submarine and he's kind of like taking a deep breath like he's just ready just that calm before the storm moment mm-hmm. you know you know what that felt like to me that felt like right before a jiu-jitsu tournament right where it's just like you're kind of nervous. You, the anticipation for the actual fight. You're dealing with all the feelings. Yes. The anticipation for the actual fight is way harder than the actual fight itself. Because when the fight starts, your your brain takes or your muscle memory takes over, your training takes over, and you just like you go. Whatever. You win, you die, you lose, you win, kill, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. But you, when it's happening, you're not that nervous. But the lead up to it, you can uh, and I'm I, I felt like you'd be able to enjoy that a bit where it's just like, mm-hmm. man, this this is exactly how a jiu-jitsu tournament's like. Yeah, I, I I mean I completely agree. And I never I never pick up with like I never pick up on it while I'm watching. So when you say it, it like <laughs> kinda jogs my memory. Oh, so, well, yeah, I, I understand. Um so I don't have much else unless you do. Uh there's now not a whole lot. All the major points. Yeah, uh, there isn't a whole lot much to talk about. I mean, it was just it was pretty fast paced. And then honestly, it, I feel like all of season three kind of is fast paced like this, um, mm-hmm. which it I think like is sped it up. Yeah, which I think kind of. If I wanted to choose uh, season three, I still like more than season two, but I can understand why some people would like season two better than three because. Two kind of allowed you to slow down and just enjoy the scenery, mm-hmm. which three did as well because there were episodes like, I don't know, um, we're gonna see another episode in the next section here, but there were episodes like you know when Toph is, uh, 
Tony, uh, where Toph is uh, scamming the scammers, right? And they're making a bunch of money. And then even when oh, they yeah, go into yeah, that yeah. village, but it just, uh, that village is polluted by the industrial plan. Industrial I mean, plan, yeah. so it is there, but it just, it does feel a bit more. All right, let's get this show on the road. Let's, you know, let's get this um, right, let's story done and over with. Yeah, so, and, and I get it and I don't mind it. Um, I mean, of course I don't mind. I, I do love it, but. I can understand why some people would like season two better in that sense. But regardless, right. um, that'll about cover it from us for that episode. Next time we'll be covering season three, uh, the rest of season three, finishing up Avatar Last Airbender. Um, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time.